Scheiße! In Gergen Bossen Underwelt Trifer sie auf Meister! We watched Fatal Revenge. So that means it's a time for another episode of Portland at the Movies. In a world, in the year, in a time, in a city, in a war that isn't his. Every day in New York City, on the Miami Police Force, in the Deep South, in Portland, Oregon. Sometimes bad dreams do come true. Fatal Revenge. Hello and welcome to another episode of Portland at the Movies. I am one of your hosts, Todd Workhoven, and with me as always is Mark Middleton. How are you, Mark? I'm doing really well. And with us also, as always, is uh, Brian Kidd, the Unipiper. How are you, Brian? Hey, Todd. Doing well. Thank you for that welcome. Good, good. Uh, so this movie that we're doing for this episode of Portland at the Movies, uh, oh, but before I launch into that, um, we are now heard, actually, uh, uh, to reminder on the Fun Employment Radio Network um, so if you um, become a subscriber there, which ha- they have a bunch of great shows, Fun Employment Radio, Geek in the City is another one. I'll talk about that a little later. Uh, but you'll get to hear a show a day early. So um, check out funemploymentradio.com um, for more information. But um, it took us a while to get to this uh, this movie. Uh, so why don't you take why don't you take us down a, a trip down memory lane, Brian, and and tell us how we got to now. I think it starts uh, two episodes ago. We have to go back to. Do you remember Free Willy? Do you remember that time in your life, Todd? I remember that time in my life. I remember it's a bef- it's a stark before and after, <laughs> before Free Willy and after Free Willy. Of course, at the end of every episode, we pick the next episode, uh, the next movie that we're going to watch on Portland at the Movies. So it's a f- movie that would have to be filmed in Portland. And I believe it was your hand that reached into the uh, Unipiper's helmet and pulled out a title, Fatal Revenge. And we much to our confusion. <laughs> so we've been curating this list of movies filmed in Portland, and uh, it, it's really interesting how this list has grown. We just keep discovering more and more movies filmed in Portland. Yeah. Um, and but ever since the beginning, you know, we started our just any basic search, you get like the top ten movies. Well, maybe not top ten, but you get that list of movies filmed in Portland, and they all have this title on there: Fatal Revenge. And it, it's one of those movies that everyone includes in their list, but I don't think anyone. Has ever seen it. Right. Uh, we found that this movie uh, did not seem to be available anywhere. Um, it wasn't on Amazon. It wasn't, of course, on any streaming services. It wasn't available through any other illicit internet means. Um, but I-, I looked on even eBay for a copy and it did not appear. But somehow I got turned on to the eBay Germany page. <laughs> where this seller had seven Somehow. copies of a movie he was claiming to be Fatal Revenge. And they were all in mint condition, these nice <laughs> big blue clamshell box. Yeah. So for a total of like international shipping, I couldn't believe it. He was like three euros. So for a total of like 10 euros, we had this movie uh, show up. And uh, we, we were really excited because um, just, just can you describe what the I mean, box it, looks it, it like? Is just, yeah, it is a classic, uh, like the huge, the huge clamshell VHS uh, holder. Um, and it's got the insert photo of like the back to back good guy and bad guy and karate stance with some fantastic uh, 80s uh, font for, for uh, Fatal Revenge. And there's like a guy flying off a motorcycle in the middle. It's just... It's everything that like you want that next episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000 to be. It's like it's that when I when when you showed me the picture of it or whatever and we found that little clip that's available 
uh, on YouTube, there's about a, a five minute uh, uh, con- condensation. Is that the right word? Condense <laughs> when you condense something. It's like a five minute condensed. Yeah, the five Yeah, that's all we could find about this movie was that five minute oh, highlights extended real. trailer on YouTube, and it seems like it it was put together to maybe sell the movie to distributors. Yeah, because there was a lot of VO with it. There was like that explained the whole movie. The whole movie, yeah. It wasn't just the like in a world like at the beginning guy. It was like a and then they went and did this, but it was too late and he got hurt too bad or whatever. So based on that and based on the box and based on the description that's on the movie poster, um, we were legitimately excited about this movie more so, I mean, regardless of the fact it was filmed in Portland, like we would have just wanted to watch this. Totally, yeah. (laughs) On its own. Um, but then the fact that it was filmed in Portland just made it all the better. So anyways, we, we got together to watch it and we were all very excited. We've been talking about it for like a couple weeks now and, and we pop in the... Uh, uh, I went and bought a VHS player. Right. Oh, that's right. Uh, in, in order to watch, I found one with an HDMI out and uh, that turned out to not work. But then I, I got something else. And so we we sit down to watch it and uh, we had friends over and uh, we got the big screen going and what happened in Europe? <laughs> in Europe, they have a different technology, uh, different encoding technology. The PAL format, yes, uh, which was no friend of ours. <laughs> so we got, I think, no video and screwed up audio. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, long story short, Mark, I think you. So then I found uh, a local uh, video guy that uh, transfers from PAL to uh, NTSC and he actually transferred it to a DVD for us and then uh, we got together and watched the DVD and uh, popped it in it's 100% in German the DVD and, of the- <laughs> lo and behold the movie was in German with of course because it came from VHS it didn't have any subtitles right you know, DVDs come with subtitles tracks v- VHS VHS not is from so 1989 much. did not right so um, I was expecting, knowing that uh, we were had a German movie in front of us, I was thinking this is going to be a fun time to make up our own plot. But immediately I found myself like it was a puzzle and I was struggling to, to try and follow along and figure out the actual plot. Um, I've watched it twice and I still don't like <laughs> I, I don't know the nuances of the it's plot. surprisingly simple but like it's baffling to try to put the piece like you know what the, the, the right. whole picture looks like but each individual piece doesn't make sense on its own so I, I was going to explain this before we started uh, recording and I lived in Italy for a year and a half and and we had a large vocabulary of Italian words but when people would uh, speak very rapidly or about an abstract subject, I knew the bits and pieces and I just wasn't able to assemble what the big picture was. Right. And so they, they would just asking. do louder hand motions <laughs> at you. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I feel like I understand this movie as, is I can describe each scene, right? but I don't know like well, what I'd, the conflict one is. One of the things I wrote down the first time we watched this, uh, I watched it again last night, but... Um, I did it on on fast forward, like double speed, because yeah. I didn't have to pay attention to the <laughs> words, and so I watched the whole thing at double speed. <laughs> but when it, the way that this is edited together, it's it's not so much just edited as like they just put them 
they put the pieces together, but like no, there's, there's no, no rhyme flow. or reason or, there, or flow no, to there's it. There's no flow or, to this. Word. Like one scene does follow another one technically, <laughs> right. but it doesn't like go together. Right. Well, let's start uh, before we get into what we think we know about this movie. Right. Why don't we start with what we do know about this movie? Okay. Uh, so 1990, uh, shot in Portland. Um, the writer and director is a guy named Philip J. Roth. Um, who is uh, originally from Portland, but if you check out his IMDb page, he has about 90 movies uh, that he wow. is a, to a producer credit, um, and and then I think about 20. For and he was a director. he was a local here, uh, but he moved away years ago. He was yes. Um, so th- this man is prolific, um, <laughs> and if you check his filmography with with his producing credits, it is all just like the worst, cheapest director video. I wonder stuff. if he has his own studio. He may. So, so, like, just some of the titles on here, uh, more recent, up into 2017, 2018, he's still... He's still, still doing producing, it. Still producing, yeah. So, he's got um, Lake Placid versus Anaconda. No. Beyond Valkyrie, Dawn of the Fourth Reich. I wonder if these are... Are these <laughs> sci-fi movies? A, a lot of them are. A lot of them are uh, cheap uh, CGI yeah, yeah, yeah. horror movies. Yeah, yeah, Like Sharknado type. Yeah, totally. Um but he doesn't. He of course doesn't have the uh, attention that the Sharknado. <laughs> um, so knowing you know that that's what he's doing, and this is wow. where he got his start. Um, there is this killer quote on his uh, bio page. So so, and you can clearly tell this was probably written by him on his own page. And this is what uh, it says about Philip Roth, the director and writer of this movie. This is his bio during his career. He has worked on with such stars as Don Swayze and <laughs> Dean Cain, yet his output has gone mainly to television and video. Perhaps this injustice is because of apathy on behalf of the average film fan who would rather watch some brainless action than truly thought-provoking cinema. Starring Don Swayze <laughs> and Frank Stallone. Wow. Yeah, uh, so he, he appears to be a little bit sensitive. A little bit, yeah, a little bit jaded. Yeah. Wow. So this, I think, was his um, second or third film. Um, and uh, we, we actually know, or you, Todd, know somebody who was in this movie. Yeah. So every time we looked up this movie, everything that we found online at first pointed back to one person, and that's David Walker. And I, in my head, know David Walker, uh, although I don't think I've ever met him because uh, he was... Um, he would always be on the Rick Emerson show, which I listened to for years and was involved uh, with the people uh, on that show. And so I had heard his name and his voice and and him for, you know, since the early 2000s. And so I finally contacted him. He's a writer here in town and now he's writing for for Marvel and he's writing comics and his own stuff. So I contacted him and just asked him what he remember if he remembered anything uh, about it and so he wrote me uh, a couple things back and so I'm going to read those now this is uh, what I got back from David Walker so he said uh, I remember a lot about that movie I sus- <laughs> and I told him we watched it in German I suspect it's better than better in German because there's no way it could be worse <laughs> the director co-writer is a guy named Philip Roth he used to be local but he moved away years ago if I remember correctly his father was a judge the film was the first of two locally produced piles of shit that involved the Lee brothers, Julian and Britton, who were a pair. They are also executive producer credit in the film. Okay, yeah. A pair of Taekwondo instructors originally from South Korea, but living in Beaverton. Uh, the Lee brothers went on to be involved in another local film called Ironheart. Uh, which is also a piece of shit, David Walker says. Uh, so he goes back. Back to Fatal Revenge it was the summer of 1988. 
Uh, I'm 19 years old going to Mount Hood Community College with one of his best friends, uh, a guy named J.R., and he called him. He said, my dad knows a guy making uh, movies. We should go audition. We went as a joke uh, and both ended up being cast. So Jr., his friend, uh, got a pretty sizable role who uh, of Guido in the movie, who is one of the comic, I would say, comic relief lackeys. Bad guy henchman. Yeah. Comic relief yeah. character. Who I thought was great. And you said uh, had never acted uh, before. And I thought he did. Yeah. So he got a pretty sizable role as Guido. Uh, David Walker got cast as Sanchez, a gay Latino drug dealer. Uh, the entire production was a joke. The wait, 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 we should clarify. Isn't David Walker African-American? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so he got cast as, as a Latino uh, drug dealer. <laughs> so uh, The entire production was a joke. The sound man was an ex-druggie who messed up the recording, so the entire movie had to be dubbed. Uh, I had moved to New York and refused to come back to dub my part, so they got some guy that sounded like Divine from a John Waters film. <laughs> Uh, the film was never released in the U.S. Roth went on to making a career of mostly shitty movies filmed in Bulgaria uh, over the years. Uh, I've been told that the movie was funded by drug money, but I've never been able to confirm that. To save money, the mom, the director's mom did all the craft services, which was terrible. <laughs> uh, a couple other things that he noted. The cool thing about the movie was that it was produced during the tail end of a specific era in Portland filmmaking, an era that is now completely gone. But I was able to be a part of it and learn... Uh, I learned about what it was like to make shitty uh, movies in this city. This was back when everyone borrowed equipment from Tom Shaw, a local pornographer who had a production <laughs> office in the Southeast Division. I think the camera used to shoot Fatal Revenge uh, belonged to Shaw. Pretty much any local movie shot in the 70s or 80s used at least one piece of equipment from Shaw. He was a generous band for being a scumbag pornographer with absolutely no <laughs> talent at all. I mean, none. <laughs> one last bit about Fatal Revenge. Are we going to get to the point in the show where <laughs> Portland at the movies where we're having to turn to those pornos from the 70s and 80s? <laughs> we ran out of movies to watch. We need something. Uh, one last bit about Fatal Revenge. My character gets shot and killed in the movie, but I almost got killed on the set. And we'll talk about this a little bit later because this was missing, and you can see this clip online. This clip was missing from the German version, as were a couple other more uh, the more violent scenes we kind of discovered. Yeah. And I wonder if it... It doesn't make sense that Germany would have like a super strict gore. I mean, maybe they did, I guess, back then. I, I bet they did. Because, uh, yeah. yeah, those those there was a couple things cut out specifically that I think um, must have been cut for that. So David, David Walker's whole getting shot scene uh, was cut out, but he almost got killed on the set. The special effects guy, he says in quotes, uh, made the homemade squibs but used too much gunpowder in the blasting caps. The force of the explosion was so strong it actually knocked me out and tore off a chunk of my face. Uh, watch the clip. I was unconscious by the time I fell back into the car. I don't know. Um, he didn't know later until he was at the hotel and he tried to clean off all the fake blood. He's like, I was in the shower, but the blood wasn't washing off. Oh, no. But uh, yeah, and I have another little bit about the very end, but I'll get to that when we get there. But so that's yeah. So that's what David Walker wrote uh, about his remembrances of Fatal Revenge. That is fantastic. Yeah. But well, yeah, it, it's pretty funny how all the all he seems to be the last one carrying the the informational torch for this movie. Well, with uh, that set up, um, should we get into trying to it, uh, dissect what's going on in this movie? Yeah. And if you want to watch along, uh, there is a way that you can see the movie is if if you go to YouTube and uh, you search for Fatal Revenge German. 
uh, you will be able to find it. And if you might be able to find that, it might all be in German, but you it, can just turn the sound absolutely off and be listen in to us. There is a trailer at the beginning for another movie that's also in German. You can skip through that. <laughs> the wacky existential comedy yep. or whatever that movie was. Otto. Otto. No. It ends with a shot of a close-up of a man zipping his fly. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, so let's get let's get into this movie because it is... I we talked about this before. It was so fun to watch and it it's everything that I kind of wanted it to be. It it truly was. And it wasn't uh, we said at the time we're like wow this is not nearly as incompetent as we were kind of afraid of. Like it's not a Tommy Wiseau room bad. It's like a mystery science theater bad like I said. Yeah, it was legit entertaining what you would want from uh, a fun uh B movie. <laughs> And what, what I think is uh, entertaining, it, this is by far the best cinematic experience I've had on Portland at <laughs> the Movies so far. Um, and it is uh, also by far the lowest rated uh, movie on IMDb that we have watched. But it is rated on IMDb. It is, yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I don't think I've ever That's seen pretty anything impressive. not on IMDb. But so 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 far, I, we, we have this working theory, the, the lower the IMDb score, the more enjoyment uh, yeah, we're going to... I think we're going to f- follow that trend. Yeah. Um. So the movie starts with a song. Do you guys remember the song? I don't. It is. I had never heard it before. It is a crazy hip hop song and it has the lyric, careful what you do, because if you do wrong, it won't take long till the bad guys will get you. (laughs) Excellent. Should I try to find it here? Yeah, there it is. I mean, it is all the whole movie is Casio grade uh, music loops, uh, sometimes yep. with bad rapping over it. Yes, but that synth, that synth soundtrack is all over this movie. It sets the tone. It does that in the costumes, all of which were taken completely from Miami Vice. I mean, down to the I've got the colored shirt with the white blazer with rolled up sleeves in it. Wall to wall denim. There is denim everywhere that people are dressed in it. The wallpaper looked like denim at, at one point. It's just crazy. So first thing that happens, I think it starts with a shootout. Yeah, there uh, is so there is so much indiscriminate shooting in this movie. It just random, like people pull guns for no they reason. They burst into an, right. an environment of some sort, of just <laughs> rap, spraying, yeah. spraying everything down. Yeah. So there's a cocaine drug deal between uh, uh, David's character. Yeah, he's like the first character that we're introduced yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David Walker. They're uh, making some sort of deal in a field or by what it, do we is David's character named David Sanchez. Sanchez. Yeah, Sanchez. Remember, he's Hispanic. (laughs) Gay Hispanic. That's right. Drug lord. So right off the bat, we know that there's drugs in this movie. We know that there's uh, cash in this movie. Um, Because I think that ends up being the MacGuffin uh, of the film is $11 million in cash. Okay. Is that how much much it was? Thanks to uh, David Walker's blog, I learned that. Oh, nice. Or maybe it was in that five-minute trailer. One of the two. One of the two. Yeah, it it said specifically $11 $11 million in cash. So I think that's kind of what drives the action of the whole thing. Right. Um, So we we see uh, the drug deal, and then there's a shootout. Um, and then we cut to, uh, what looks like we're in Japan. 
and there's two um, guys doing martial arts. Yeah, fighting each other. It's like a it's like a choreographed fight scene practice of martial arts in some sort of temple, you know, looking place. Grounds. Yeah, and that was filmed in Portland Japanese Gardens. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Which I wondered when we saw that. I wondered if they had permission because it looked <laughs> there was one shot of that like that really pretty little arched bridge that's there, and like they just quickly run over it, and then that's it. So I wondered if they like hauled all their gear in there and like quick shot without permission. I know that at the Portland Japanese Gardens, you have to have uh, you have to pay to shoot there. And they oh, have wow. all these very strict like uh, even if you just bring in your camera, the, the photos are for they make it clear with signs that. The, personal photography only wow i wonder what it was like in 1989 maybe that's maybe <laughs> this is why they had to make that rule <laughs> they got burned on fatal revenge so what let's establish why don't yeah let's establish okay some, the i characters. just know them all by nicknames because i was which, which is fine and, and we can okay. we can uh we can fill this out okay so the good guys i've got tony palmer is is he the lorenzo lamas looking guy He's, he's, our lead. he's the main guy. He's the main white guy. Main white okay, guy. Okay, yeah. He looks exactly like Lorenzo Lamas okay. from Renegade. He has okay. the main white guy name, Tony Palmer. Yeah, Tony Palmer. Palmer. And so people call him, uh, like Linda, his girlfriend, calls him Tony. Okay. Uh, everybody else seems to call him Palmer. And he is a police officer, question mark? Uh, uh, yes. And he was kicked off the force uh, later in the movie. Okay. So he's a police officer. He's a police officer. All I know, and I wrote this down at some point about his character specifically, you can really tell he's a tough guy cop who plays by his own damn rules, despite the no-nonsense superiors refusing to tolerate his shenanigans. Because, like, everything about him is like, I'm playing outside the rules. I'm doing it my own way. Hashtag every 80s movie. Yeah, totally. Yeah, (laughs) and he had the denim jacket and the feather MacGyver hair. So there's Tony, um, so and, Tony. The, and his girlfriend, Linda. His girlfriend slash uh, wife. Is it's, this Playboy's oh. Sandra Greenberg? Yes. Okay. And it, she's the one that has the weird Dorothy Hamill, lo- but longer haircut. It's yes. It's like the weird exactly. straight. It's, yeah, it, it shapes. <laughs> I, and I uh, mentioned Dorothy weird. Hamill haircut looking directly at Mark, who knows exactly, know exactly what I'm talking about. exactly what you're about. talking okay. about. <laughs> the poster of the movie calls her girlfriend, and the five-minute trailer calls uh, her wife. Okay. Okay. So, girlfriend, okay. wife, girlfriend, so, yes, wife. That's Playboy and Sandra Greenberg. She is also a cop. She's an undercover. She's uh, an undercover officer. Yeah. So, in one scene, did she have the big teased yes. hair and then go into the back of the van yes. to yes. talk to yes. Cliff and Norm? Yes. Okay. And, exactly. That's why I kept getting confused. Whether uh, w- before we started recording, I asked you guys, are there two different blonde women in well, this movie? The first time we watched it, we didn't know. We couldn't tell. <laughs> we couldn't tell. They they really didn't establish that well. Right. Uh, so well, without any dialogue, they didn't. Right. <laughs> it's true. To be fair. To be fair. The Germans knew what was going on. Uh, so Tony and Linda. And then there's Tay, who is the uh, Asian martial arts guy. Martial arts guy that at the beginning of the movie, they seem to be partnered, Palmer and Tay. Okay. But we'll learn pretty quickly. Tay Uh, dies. Tay Tay dies. dies. Spoilers. Uh, I actually, again, man, that five minute, everything you need to know about this movie sets it up in that five minute trailer. It tells you what Tay is doing with Palmer. He's been, he's come to America to learn American police force tactics. And he's like training with Palmer. Okay. Like job shadowing. I had called him because I think you, you called him Donatello. Because he had Donatello's <laughs> yeah, weapon, staff, yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I called him Donatello the whole time. And he has a brother. 
And we, we learn he has a brother. And who's Tay's brother? Uh, Jung. Okay. Um, <laughs> we don't need to remember his name though do we well he's well, the oh, wait, main no, character he's... for the rest of the movie okay Todd. so tay tay, tay is dies so i tay okay, dies quickly. i don't want to remember his name then so th- it'll confuse me so it, it's and actually it's basically tay. replaced by jung and it's yeah. tay and jung that are fighting at the japanese gardens yeah right and uh then we see tay just suddenly erupt in this like animated. Yeah, uh, what was that? It, it looks like he got shot by a Star Trek '60s phaser. It did, like, yeah. The big red glowy outlined in, in that animated. And then his heart explodes. Did you? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm like I'm looking at you in awe because like that was my reaction, and then it turns out it's just a dream, but. Never again do we see anything like this. No one glows. No one's heart does anything. Dreams are not a big part of this. It's no. a completely standalone event that is meaningless. So was that but expensive Tay looking. or Jung that had the dream? It was uh, Jung having the dream, and okay. it was basically a premonition that his brother died. Was dying. Yeah. Okay. Okay. On the good guy <laughs> so list, confused. there's also Cliff and Norm. Yes. Uh, and they are fellow cops, yeah. and they do a lot of un- uh, of Sitting in the car, listening and surveillance yeah. uh, in every single scene, yeah. they are on surveillance. Yeah. But I, yeah, they were they really there. good, I thought. Yeah. I thought they were, for what they had to do or not do, I thought they were really actually pretty strong actors. Uh, were there any other good guys in the... Uh, I, there's I think that's Chief... Our... Chief of police. Oh, chief of police. Who looks like Peter Graves from Airplane. Yes. Or Lloyd Bridges from Airplane. Yeah. And every single line of dialogue is screamed at another character. (laughs) Just open, frothing mouth. Well, Linda Linda is the same way. (laughs) Yes. She, like, let's stop having sex. And now I'm going to yell at you. They're both delivering everything at 1,000%, just (laughs) screaming at everyone. (laughs) Which in German is uh, fantastic. It's just the. Scheiße, this and yeah, <laughs> the German ugly cry is extra ugly because it's very glottal. <laughs> and then there's also Ta- uh, Jung's girlfriend, who uh, what we call her serial prostitute, <laughs> other blonde. Let's just call her other blonde. She's really not almost. She would She's not be worth huge. mentioning. She looks like Jem from Jem and the Holograms. Do you remember that cartoon? She does. From the she 80s? looks like Jem. She could be. She looks Jem. like Jem. And she would not even be worth mentioning if it were not for that one scene that we will get to. Okay. <laughs> she has one redeeming scene. Okay. Uh, and then there's Gene, the bad guy. He's kind of the head, the the villain the of the slick movie. back John Turturro looking. Uh, exactly. Yes. Gene Carlton, I think. Oh, man, okay. there's too many names. Uh, and then. Oh, uh, and then Gene's henchman. Gene's henchman. So we have Guido. It's actually and his... that was David Walker's friend. Guido. Yes, yes. And uh, they... Guido in the movie, not in real life. In the movie, he's technically uh, the the uh, Gene's nephew. I know this track of it. Gene is is John Turturro. Uh, Gene yes. is the bad guy. Okay. Slick yes. back hair. And yeah. then who's Panama Hat guy? No idea. N- don't he know was the other. About. He's the other bad guy. He was wearing the Panama hat around. The white hat. I don't think we need to talk about it. All right. Yeah. And I'll forget yeah. you. And Panama I feel hat guy. there were two sets. There was of two bad sets guys. of bad guys because one set of bad guys took out another set of bad guys <laughs> at one of the scenes. Because yeah. then a Tom Selleck mustachioed man showed up at some point. And right. I couldn't figure out who he was with. Either. So besides the eleven million dollars, I think that um, Gene's motivation is to expand his drug empire. Okay. The bad guy's name Did is Sanchez. Gene? Have... Yeah, Gene. 
Yeah, it really is. What kind of bad guy's name is Gene? Gene. It was was a different time. You guys, Uh, you guys, (laughs) Gene is here. I'm terrified. So so, uh, did Sanchez have anybody with him, or was he kind of a one-man band? I think they had a couple other hooligans yeah. with him, but okay. he was the I was, leader okay. of the, yeah. the so offer. That that's our our slate of characters. And <laughs> so we last left our characters and um, <laughs> Jung has a premonition that his brother is dead, and then we cut to uh, a stakeout uh, at a house and we see our uh for the moment two main characters, Tony and uh Tay. Um, the two cops and they get into a fight and then they they end up going into this house uh no um tony goes first tony always goes first tony tony went first when some kids went to the house for a drug deal and the kids were coming out and he's like hey kids and attacks them with a knife (laughs) uh meanwhile tay is back in the car and so several goes on and then tay comes out and like Kicks, kicks their ass. Yeah. So several times in this movie, uh, our our hero character, uh, renegade guy, what is his name? Palmer. Tony Palmer. He drives around uh, like a classic convertible Mustang, maybe it is, like a nice red, yeah. uh, like very distinctive car, convertible, that he is constantly taking on stakeout with the top down. And he'll park in the middle of a field or the middle of an empty parking lot and wait until somebody wanders by. And then he runs at them like 50 feet in an open field and somehow sneaks up on them still. You are he not does it wrong. twice <laughs> at least. You're not wrong. And the people walking by are like, I don't notice this car in the middle of a field with two people. And he's always shoving, he's always <laughs> shoving, shoving down or whatever in down. Get down, get down. They might see <laughs> they us. They might see you. Yeah, so he always goes off first and then the other guy always has to clean up his mess. There's another scene that happens in the drug house and then... Um, a guy Mikey from the drug house comes out. Oh, that's right, Mikey. They attack him uh, and stuff him in the trunk. Okay, so they stuff Mikey in the trunk. They stuff Mikey in the trunk. Do we ever <laughs> see Mikey again? Do we? There's no. any reference to that? Because I looked for it the second time, and I'm like, he's just gone. He's gone. He just dumped him off a cliff, maybe, or forgot him in the trunk. And he's probably still there. There's <laughs> His no bones other are there next reference to the empty gas to, tank to Mikey. Uh, and so, uh, they engage, uh, stuff some in the trunk. Uh, and then after all of that's happened, then Palmer puts on the bulletproof jacket <laughs> and decides to after go. After he initiated the, a fight two with fights, people with guns. Two fights with people with guns. He goes back to put on the bulletproof vest. Uh, and takes his shirt and off. And to take his shirt off. Yeah. Uh, puts on the vest, goes into the drug house. And um, the uh, then another fight in indiscriminate in, shooting, indiscriminate shooting, squibs everywhere. And then the most epic. Oh, Tay came in uh, to uh, first. Tony just eats an Uzi. Um, <laughs> the bad guy just unloads his Uzi clip on the main character, and then Tony is down, and you're like, "Crap, they're what?" Yeah, <laughs> but. He but did put on the bullet. He had vest. a bullet for yes. And he did get shot in the hand then, right? Or Important. Is that... Yes. Yes. Yeah. And he also got shot in the hand. Yeah. So Tay comes in to save his ass again. Yep. And uh, 
Tay gets knocked out and is in the house. Palmer leaves and no, Tay no, 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 no. gets shot. No. Oh, Tay gets shot? Uh Tay Tay does get shot because he's he dies, but before he gets shot, he does rescue Palmer and he picks Palmer up and throws Palmer <laughs> right. out the window. He's like a man with massive head he's like, and internal I will bleeding. remove you from this dangerous situation, Tony. Let me throw you out a window. <laughs> and he just tosses him right out a window. Yep. And then he turns around and gets shot by, by the Uzi Gene. guy. Gene. Yep. Gene. Um, and, uh and then there is the most epic explosion in any action movie I've ever seen in my life. So it he's running our fantastic. hero is running away from the house. Renegade is running from the house and it blows. And they have it from like six different camera oh, angles yeah. too. They got their money's worth. And the that. way that this house blows up. So um Gene had rigged it with explosives, I guess. Yeah. And, and that's why it explodes. And, and he has to do that. He has the remote control to trigger it, but it's it's an eighties Radio Shack one, so he has to put up this giant antenna through the roof like he's talking the car his C B radio to trigger the <laughs> yeah. explosion. But the the thing that struck me about the explosion is it is such a forceful explosion it looks like the house begins chasing tony yeah like the it walls coming after him expand out in a way you're not used to seeing in movies and i think as he's running away from the explosion he's legitimately Terrified running away from the explosion for his life yeah so i asked uh david walker about there's explosions here and there's uh, explosions at the end on mount hood which are pretty insane how did they well. ever get permission to blow up mount hood and so i i asked him that question um so he said i believe the house explosion was filmed at some condemned property that they had permission to blow up uh the special effects guy was a name a guy named john schmear i think uh and everything he did was very sketchy uh he died a couple years ago but during the 80s he was the go-to special effects guy even though no one was really sure he knew what he was doing. Wow. He made the, uh, well, I can save the rocket launcher till the end. Um, so he doesn't mention anything more than the house then other than they had permission to blow it up. Cause it was a real, like it wasn't made for exploding house. It was a real house the, exploding yeah. from. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And there was um, a couple of big car explosions too. That happened. Uh, oh yeah. People were running in terror for their lives. <laughs> Yeah, in in the eighties, especially in movies, all cars were made out of dynamite. They were made out of pure gasoline. And, yeah. Yes, <laughs> ready to be triggered at any any second. Okay, uh, so after the explosion, we see the scene where Tony. So that guy full on die. He gets shot. Uh, what's his Tay, name? Tay, Tay, Tay gets Tay shot and it. blown up. So there, blown he up. is Deadsville. Yep. Uh, and then the the next scene, we're in the police headquarters. And uh, this is when uh, Tony catches an earful from uh, Peter Graves. The screaming Peter Graves. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> what I surmise is that he's kicked off the force. Yeah. like, hand in your gun and badge. And the, what is going on in the rest of that police? It's, it's, like, he, they walk... It's a real location, too, of some sort at the courthouse, maybe. Yeah, it was one of the places listed. Multnomah County But they walk through the police headquarters, and at every five feet, there is something chaotic happening like there's a man and a woman like going at it like kissing each other like all over the desk and then there's There's like desk staged two feet apart and then at every desk i feel like you could just train a camera on each desk and there would be an interesting story going on i mean there's like 15 or 20 people screaming and yelling and making noise and it's it's crazy it's like they told the extras to you know, also turn it to 11. If you want the free sandwich made by the director's mom, scream your head off. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, it's a fun scene. 
Uh, yeah. So yeah, the the Captain Peter Graves guy just screams at at uh, Renegade and kicks him off the force. I guess. Yeah. Is that why he ends up in? Who ends up in court later? Uh, he is in court. Palmer. Because um, of this, so I think what happened is, uh, ultimately they get the bad guy Gene in court. Yeah, and they're Gene. trying to prosecute him, but because of how Palmer has handled the situation, they're unable to pin it on Gene, and they have to let him go. Okay, and then everyone's wow. mad at Palmer for screwing that right, up, right? Screwing up the big case yeah. and letting everyone go. Okay, so so Tony uh, is kicked off the force, and then he goes home where and. Linda, his girlfriend, wife is there, and we're introduced to her, and um, she's naked, of course, uh, because she's they, Playboy they, Sandra Greenberg. They paid for boobs, right? And <laughs> that's that's the reason this yep. movie exists. Yep, Play, uh, June nineteen eighty-seven. Is that was that her centerfold date? That's her centerfold. Yep. And you you had a picture of that, and you had a picture of. Uh, why don't you explain the other one, which is pretty amazing? <laughs> yeah. So um, Sandra Greenberg, this is the the leading lady. She has had in. Uh, uh, her fantastic career. She even has her own IMDb page where we learned um, in, in addition to being the June 1987 Playmate of the Month, um, she was uh, Playboy's Maxine Legroom uh, in their parody of Max Headroom. Um, I think they described it as her popular alter ego. Wow. That's... <laughs> makes me giggle. But I think I think she might have been uh, local because... Um, Let's see. This because everybody in this movie Logo, was everyone in this movie was uh, the lead female was from David Walker too. The lead female was a Playboy playmate. She ended up dating the lead actor, the white guy Renegade, for a while. He was a car salesman that helped, dealt in high end sports cards. I would run into uh, Sandra, Playboy Sandra Greenberg, the actress around town, and I remember she worked at Nordstrom for a while. So <laughs> I'm gonna go into Nordstrom and ask to <laughs> see Maxine Legroom. <laughs> <laughs> Sandra, if you're listening, uh, Max, I'm sorry. You were, our you're very and, beautiful. Um, <laughs> Even dressed up as Max Headroom. So then we get to see uh, that Tony's hand is now bandaged from the gunshot yeah. wound that he sustained. And this is very important because um, if there's one thing this movie gets right, it's continuity. Because for the rest of the movie, Tony's hand is will ban- be bandaged. Now, I had a question. I wondered if he got hurt in real life. And just had to wear that because this and is so not a movie something. that like gets specifics like that right. I mean, he gets shot in the leg, you know, and everything. It's one of those A team type situations. That is entirely where okay. what it feels like. Tom. So I get. I'm guessing that that he just got shot um, yeah. or something like that. One of the squibs blew off his hand or something like that because he has it for the rest of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so the next scene of the movie, I think, is our next action scene. Um, and this is the one I think we need help identifying the location. Oh yeah, is this? Uh, Do we have a picture? We is this when up. Tony and and uh, Jung are walking in Portland in the industrial area? Oh yeah, that no, happens. but that's the same shot as in Breaking In, where you see what I'm guessing is the Weinharts. It looks like a big steeple for that's an old definitely church. the Pearl. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's on uh, over by like twelve. The big Flanders head brewery, now. brewery exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah. and Fatheads. Yeah, Fathead's Brewery, and uh, looking off uh, to the south. south. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. they use that same the same railroad track. That uh, was a cool shot movie. because it really made Portland feel two things that it's not, at least anymore. Um, it made it feel really big. Yeah. And yeah. it made it feel really dirty. Yeah. yeah. It probably was really gritty. dirty right there. Yeah, yeah, gritty and industrial. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was... sounds like every description of the 80s I've heard of Portland is the, exactly yeah. what it was like. The Pearl before the Pearl. Yeah. So after that scene, then then that they end up at the uh, 
the castle bar. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so th- there's a lot of things going on at this uh, castle. Uh, so there's a, there's a restaurant slash bar pub that looks like a castle on the outside. And so there's things going on on the inside, things going on on the outside, and they keep clipping, uh, cutting back and forth. And so uh, Linda is on the inside uh, and she's mic'd at this point, right? Yeah, she's working undercover now. Because we just saw her with Cliff and Norm out at a VW bus uh, getting, you know, updating her microphone and... Uh, right, uh, and getting her hair on. Getting or her, exactly. Her wig. And, and we're calling them Cliff and Norm because they look exactly, exactly like, like Cliff, Cliff and, and Norm, Norm from Cheers. Like, even dressed the same. <laughs> so we'll, we'll post it's, a picture of that. But true. it's yeah, it's pretty crazy. It and they our, were pretty good too, I thought. It was, and then, like when we were watching the movie, every scene they would just appear, and we'd be like, "Norm!" <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so, like everybody's there, and then the bad guys uh, arrive, uh, and then fights erupt. Uh, right. And so on the inside and the outside. Uh, outside. Yeah. And so Tony gets into a fight on the inside, which then uh, uh, leads to the outside, Spills and out. this. And this is one of the scenes that I don't, I don't know why why this scene exists because I don't know the dialogue. I know right? why this scene. exists. Okay, so why does this scene exist? This scene exists so we can see Jung kick three people <laughs> down with one flying kick in the air. Kicks <laughs> three different amazing. people. He jumps and then he knocks three men down. Mm. And it's not like he did a roundhouse kick where he would have his leg would have spun. And right. hit. No, it's just a straightforward kick and three men fall. Down. Yeah. It like is, bowling pins. It is amazing. Yeah. And so <laughs> everybody ends up outside. Palmer gets uh, dragged away by Cliff and Norm and, and by the by the cops ultimately of like yeah, why so, are you here yeah uh, and anything else to add to that yeah no I think I think the whole point of that scene was uh, for Linda to gather intel on Gene so that they could pin him okay. because the very next scene is uh, when we're in the courtroom um, and so I think they were able to maybe arrest him or get enough oh, information okay from the bar to to make him to appear arrest in court. him. So um, we had said that, uh, so now basically our main cast is assembled in a courtroom and then um, we see Gene on trial and then he basically walks free. Um, But it is very important to note um, in the courtroom, the judge has a nameplate that says Philip Roth. Really? Because one of the notes is... Yes. So the judge in this movie is played by the director of the movie's father, also named Philip Roth, who, who was a Multnomah County Circuit uh, Court judge. Yes, which I guess now that makes sense why they were able to get that building. Oh, yeah. Oh, Dad 100%. just let him in. Yeah. <laughs> and how funny that there's rumors that this movie was drug money, uh, paid for by drug money. Wow, <laughs> that makes sense because, yeah, that was another note of David's that uh, his dad was a real judge. Oh, that's funny. Wow. <sighs> so. Uh, and then, then we, uh, the next scene is back at Gene's lair. Right, Gene. Gene. Uh, and so, cower in fear in front of Gene. <laughs> uh, and so, there's some dialogue that goes on there of like regrouping, basically. Uh, and then uh, we cut back to Linda at the precinct, uh, upsettingly talking with the chief. They have a fight. They scream at each each other. Right. They're like the two screamers just (laughs) turn them loose. They are like just 
rage screaming at each other. Can you pull just up that scene, Todd? I, I bet if you just pull up anywhere in that scene, it, it, it will just uh, put your earplugs in, folks. Uh, oh, yeah, here we go. Okay. <laughs> this is what I was thinking of. And there's so much. Uh, I'll cut that in the part on post. Uh, there's so much f- snot and. We're still putting the puzzle pieces together. Bear with us, folks. It looks a lot. They are screaming at each other right now, which doesn't really translate. Literally. (laughs) But yeah, they. I mean, they are at a hundred and ten with the intensity that they're screaming at each other in the and they're giving it I don't I I can't say that I think the Peter Graves captain is bad. I think he's no. doing a fine job no, screaming yes. at the top of his I'm sure that's what he was asked to do. <laughs> Apparently is his, his, his one is from, is terrible right now. <laughs> he he just lost lost a guy. Uh, Tay that's true. Died, he has right to be mad. Died. Like a a diplomat coming over from China to learn from the Portland police officer, he dies in the line of duty. There uh, is a circus in the police in the police station of strangers. And and they just, you know, lost their key criminal. Uh, you know, yeah, so he uh, is as a bad PR move. He is so, raging. Um and then Then we get David Walker one, he's not his death scene or no, he just he pops up again to make a deal. Yeah, not not the death scene yet. And so they meet underneath the Fremont Bridge. That's a pretty cool uh, Portland shot. It's yeah. a great shot. So David and Gene are there under the yeah, and the I'll play a little clip of this. Is this is David Walker's character, but again, it is not his voice. It, it was dubbed in German. It's not so, divine either, and it's not the divine knockoff either. So, Gene, for dich würde ich wirklich alles tun. Das weißt du doch. Wir sollten zusammen essen. So they play him a little, a little more fey, but not near as cartoonish as I think the actual English dub of it was, which also was not David Walker's voice. Then there's several little cuts that happen throughout the movie of like they go to there's a drug yeah. house there's guards there's guns there's dialogue and there was something that moved the plot forward this and i don't know what this happened. is what i called so, so we had the the setup that you know when he gets kicked off the force in the, the whole first part of the movie and then right now starts what in my mind is the the boring middle act of the movie where especially not in english you just have no idea what's going on with these scenes yeah uh to to those playing uh the home game uh, we also have engaged a uh, German uh, to translate the movie for us. Uh, and so <laughs> to get an English uh, script of Fatal Revenge. So my my half sister's uh, ex-husband is uh, uh, native German and he is uh, uh, going to be translating this for us so that we can have. Uh, we can a- finally answer all those questions the, we have about Fatal Revenge. And it's going to be like the 360-degree translation because the German was translated from the original script, and this is the translation, the English translation of the German translation of the English translation. And we talked about our big idea when we got together to watch this was to at over maybe cobbled together like the guys who those kids who remade Indiana or Raiders of the Lost Ark <laughs> is to completely redub the movie using yeah. the translated from German translated from English script that we get from so that we can watch German this guy. we're going to restore this movie to its proper place 
in the pantheon of Portland movies. Uh, yeah. So then everything goes back to the restaurant. Yeah. Uh, so we're back at the restaurant. Palmer meets this other lady who I have no idea who that is, but it's the third lady in the movie. That's all I know about that. It, it happened all, for a long time. And yeah. then they all go back to uh, Tony's place. I was confused at who lives at this house too, because there's another yeah. point where Palmer walks in on June. Right. Or I think June is. is staying with them. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Because he just walks into the room like it's no big deal. Clearly and, when she, and he's in like bed with that other blonde lady. And yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, Tony and Jung arrive back at Tony's place. Linda is there. Um, Linda and Tony have a fight. She screams at him and then immediately goes to bed with him. And then the fight leads directly into sex. That is a thing I always, you always see in movies that I always wonder if it ever really happens. And that's two people just screaming mad at each other that go from instantly screaming to like instantly making out like that moonlighting, you know, type (laughs) screaming match between Maddie and David. And then they just start kissing. Does that happen in real life? I mean, I'm not, I guess I'm not asking you specifically, but it just seems uh, like that's one of those movie conceits. I can't that, recall that. I mean, it's not at <laughs> not least my common life. that. Right. I don't know. Let us know in the comments below. <laughs> <laughs> Do you go from screaming to making out? Because you're crazy. <laughs> and so then they show in the morning him lounging on the couch. Yes. And sir. she starts screaming at him again. <laughs> Can we talk about that scene of him lounging in that that just image of him lounging in the couch? Very paint me like your uh, French girl. Okay. Kind of. So he is wearing a blue shirt. He is wearing blue pants. Denim. Denim upon denim upon denim, I imagine. He is laying on a blue couch <laughs> in front of a blue wall with blue paintings. Of sailboats on a blue ocean. I, it is... Crazy. I'm telling you, wall-to-wall denim. They got the denim factory was going out of business, I and think, they got a deal. I think the set director was saying, "I'm going to have a little fun with these people," <laughs> and, and they, they set everything. My up. vision is denim, <laughs> blue, 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 sea foam upon sky, upon cobalt, upon cyan, upon. So. <laughs> Back when we were introducing the characters, we mentioned that there was uh, a second blonde, and we said that she was uh, only worth mentioning for one scene. Well, this was the scene. So uh, Tony gets up off the couch and goes into the other room, where uh, I guess is uh, Jung's room. Yeah. And uh, you see the camera start to pan. <laughs> Mark's showing us a picture right now yeah, of him. Oh, and she's even wearing and she's blue. she's wearing blue. She's, it's all blue. It's blue upon blue upon blue upon blue <laughs> upon blue. Wow. So he gets up off that couch, walks into the other room with Jung, and the camera starts at the bottom of the bed, which is, of course, a blue bed sheet. And, you see, and it starts panning up, and you see feet, and you hear moaning. And then you see Jung and the second blonde, and what are they doing? No, they're eating cereal. They're eating cereal next to each other in bed. And, and making out. And making out. Yeah, it's gross. And then you showing me a picture of that? Oh. <laughs> There was so they are they're like nuzzled their heads are nuzzled together and they're taking I didn't even then, I think my brain shut that off because I kind of don't remember that <laughs> and then Tony walks in and the the, the blonde is like offering him some of their sex cereal <laughs> right right <laughs> disgusting yeah. That's and he's so, like uh, and there's no, thank so you. much wet kissing no, no sounds in this and there is just nothing. Nothing grosser in a movie than that wet open mouth kissing sound. <laughs> oh, so gross. So I think that transitions us to the final act of the movie. Uh, this, this is when we're in Cascade Locks all of a sudden. Okay. So here's Lorenzo Lamas. 
Okay. Oh, yeah, that's, that's uh, yeah. totally. See, I was thinking. He had longer hair. He In Renegade, he was like super 80s beefcake with longer hair. I was thinking, honestly, Mark from the room. The room, totally. Oh, Mark from the room. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> that was your Lorenzo Lamas aside for the day. <laughs> Thanks. Linda Jung Palmer drives so to the names. other place. Linda gets out. They yes. leave her there. I think that's she's when, pissed. I think that's when she gets kidnapped, though. Because there, there is not another scene with Linda and Tony before she's in the hands of Jean. Exactly. But and they show in the next scene that her place has been ransacked and she's missing. And Jean calls the house, and Palmer is there. So they ditch linda at her house and that's how she gets kidnapped and that's how she gets kidnapped and so they needed some way to get linda into the hands of the bad guys and it was just leaving her by herself yeah and because just she's on the a side woman, of the road she cannot yeah right. she cannot protect herself yeah so they send her home and then they drive away and she's like <laughs> yelling yelling and, and screaming like right. she does so well um oh man and then they head up to Mount Hood, right? Uh, Are we at Mount Hood yet? No, no, Not we're yet. at Cascade Locks. Oh, my gosh. This is uh, David Walker. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Dave, this is David Sheen. Sh- okay. Yeah. So this is where he gets shot then. Um, and he di- he gets shot because... Why does his character get shot? Because he didn't deliver the money? Something with the drug deal. There's something that went wrong. Yeah. Oh, so there's a briefcase. This is where... Because we thought there was keys. two bad guys. Because another guy comes out of the forest... Right. And shoots. Yeah, there's there's two the sets of bad, bad guys. Guy. There's two Ugh. motorcycles nearby. There's two cars. There is, there's a limo. motorcycles. Yeah. Uh, and um and so there's a lot happening in this scene, but basically the drug dealer, uh Sanchez, yeah. gets killed by the bad guy Gene. Right, Gene. And there's henchmen and some henchmen take over the other henchmen and there's shooting everywhere. Uh, Palmer is there and, uh, and Jung is there. So Palmer takes off in a car. Right. Jung takes off in a motorcycle after he steals the briefcase. Yeah. The, with the, money. the million dollars. With the money. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's like they had it planned. And then they start the chase. Yeah. And should... as my grandmother always told me, every single movie has a chase. And this is the chase. This is the rad it's a great chase. It's a great chase. motorcycle two, chase. Two simultaneous two chases. chases. Yeah. yeah. So there's... The the motorcycle chase, and so there were two motorcycles at a neighboring house, and uh, and uh, San, not Sanchez. They're not uh, motorcycles; they're like dirt bikes. Yeah, dirt bikes. Road, BMX. Yeah. So, yeah. so June takes the briefcase and is piloting the um, uh, dirt bike or driving, <laughs> right? And piloting the dirt piloting. bike, as they say. And you know the old expression. Hard to starboard. Piloting your dirt bike today, they would say to me. <laughs> the bad guy gets on the other dirt bike. Uh, from this moment on, uh, we see that both of them are wearing helmets. Uh, and, and so, oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Uh, so they get on without helmets, <laughs> and from that moment on, they only have helmets because the stunt people didn't look anything like the original actors. Uh, okay. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Okay. So there's no helmets. Around the bikes when right. they get them on or, or anything, but they magically right. uh, uh, appear. And uh, simultaneously, Palmer takes off in a car, and Gene chases him with another car. So Palmer's right. in a green car, uh, Gene's in a blue car, two motorcycles going on, and uh, 
epic chase. That uh, car chase goes on right through downtown Cascade Locks. Cascade yeah. Locks. Uh, there's a jumping over a VW bus scene, and the VW they bus explodes. Yeah. yeah, if there's any car on car contact, yeah. something is blowing. It's like up. Dukes of Hazard, but with the explosions. With explosions, with yeah, explosions. Yeah, because it's the same jumping over things and, and, and yeah. crashing and <laughs> and uh, and so Palmer and Gene get into a standoff. Palmer starts smoking, and. Uh, ultimately takes his cigarette and throws it down on the ground which uh even though everything had already exploded <laughs> now there's fresh uh fuel for this ex- second explosion another yeah. explosion and there's another explosion uh so many explosions and meanwhile the motorcycle chase ends uh with uh at least one of the motorcycles going into, into the, wa- the Columbia jump. River yeah off yeah. a jump accidentally into the water yeah so I think Jung is being chased and he he puts the motorcycle down he goes up to a ramp but then veers off at the last minute yeah. and the guy following him just oh, oh I didn't see the oh, giant shit. Columbia River there right uh and and that's that's the end of well, the chase well that's the okay. end of the chase so then at this point um they take the bad guys Gene and Guido take Linda up to the top of Mount Hood um, and they are holding her ransom for the 11 million dollars that is now in the possession of Tony and you okay so yeah, we're finally at Mount Hood. Finally, are we finally there? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> Jung and Tony go to Mount Hood to retrieve Linda. Um, Tony has the eleven million dollars attaché case uh, with him. Uh, I'm not sure where Jung is at this point. Jung is 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 uh, running up the <laughs> mountain. Oh yeah, that's he right. He just ran runs up the mountain. He up ran Mount Hood. He Mount ran Hood. up Mount they Hood. They show him hold, running, holding a sword the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Whereas. <laughs> Tony sold what she takes out, and then when has a chance to use, the very next second is gone, and he punches someone. Yeah, whenever he stands up wielding a sword, and then the next throws it second into a scene. Yep. Is, tree. No, this is a different time. It happens multiple times that he shows up wielding a sword, and then the and next then, one just punches a guy. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. But he runs up the mountain. But Tony takes the uh, <laughs> ski lift. The chairlift. Yeah. yeah. I forgot how scary chairlifts were in the 80s. It was just a <laughs> oh, yeah. tiny, just like no like spaces. plank that you sit on. No little pad to sit on. Oh, yeah, it was. Terrifying. Scary looking. <laughs> and then True. he rides it all the way almost to the top of the mountain. We spent a lot of time on that chairlift with him. Stops like five feet from the end where. Uh, I kind of liked that, even though yeah. I knew he wasn't very far off the ground in real life. But then they. But yeah, it was kind of neat because the bad guy was uh, right waiting there. at the top. And then they stopped with it on a the chairlift with a gun. And then so he's just swinging there. And so half the frame is him swinging out in space. And then the other half is the guy. And I thought that was a really kind of a it neat was. shot. Yeah. And so but, he, but yeah, he would only been 10 so feet up. He's the ground. got some of the money. He throws it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, you want this? Go get it. And he does. Uh, he does you know, throw it. And he's like, Palmer. Palmer. Why'd you, classic why'd you do that? Palmer. Uh, but then he does fall off the lift. Right. He falls off the lift. Linda is being held captive inside one of the chalets. <laughs> okay. By, yeah, so uh, you uh, why don't you talk? I'll, I'll take, you, I'll take, you I'll take, take your bait, Mark. <laughs> so I, I've put a couple of things together, uh, information based on the five-minute trailer and from what <laughs> the words, the few German words I do know. And I think I know what goes on in the room where Linda is being held captive because uh, she ends up escaping because she runs away yep. from this room with a shotgun. Um, she ends up shortly thereafter being recaptured. Um, but let's let's concentrate on how she escapes. Um, I think what happens is Linda farts 
and uh, it smells bad. And her captor starts noticing this, and he says, did you fart? And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Could you maybe open the window? And he goes to open the window, and then she hits him on the head while he's opening the window, and then she is able to escape. So I'm going to okay. I'm gonna play it. Um, yeah, so here we'll see, because I think I think inexplicably you are correct. She giggles. No, she's like repulsed or something. Open the window, open the window. And then she runs up behind him and knocks him out. Fetter Poopen. Yeah, I, I, for some reason I thought there was an actual sound effect in there too. I but. know. That, so we're missing that smoking gun of the fart <laughs> noise. <laughs> so to speak, the smoking gun. Yeah. So, but I think, I think you're right. I mean, that, that is, Mark that Lewis. is. I don't know. I'm, I'm not convinced. <laughs> that is bonkers. I don't know. I have no other I explanation for it. I, I have, there is no other possible <laughs> explanation for how that scene plays out. Okay. There are probably quite a few. Um, so right. the, so the, the scene up here has so much going on, like, uh, uh up at the, up at the top at of the, the mountain top of, and they're on Mount hood. I mean, it's they're really on Mount neat. hood, uh, like at the, they're using the real ski lifts and Mount hood lodge and yeah, that's, not the lodge lodge, but it's there's the uh, ski bowl ski resort. Okay. But yeah, they're, they're some pretty neat shots at least. Yeah. Great shots. And, uh, so we have. Linda and her captor. We have Jean. We have Palmer. We have Jung, uh, and we have tons of henchmen. And we have at least one bazooka, if not two, because I think one I think of there's them just the one. One had one barrel, and one had four barrels. True. Okay. And so I think there's two bazookas in play. In you know what the the single barrel bazooka might have been a previous scene. I think you're right. Uh, yeah, because yeah, it's just the four barrel, one the four one. barrel uh, bazooka, which is amazing, and and just tons of shooting and fight scenes, and uh, you know, escaping and and dragging her by her that underwear. Was un- <laughs> I lost my mind. So the bad guy steals Playboy's Sandra Greenberg. Um, and they're drag like usually they're when they drag the person they're dragging him by the neck or he picks her up by the back of her pants by the belt loop like a yep. toddler. Yep. He picks her up and walks around uh, uh, all with over her, the place. Carries her up a mountain yep. by the back of her She's pants. Kicking and screaming. And puts her down and then does it again. And then yep. she like adjusts her pants walking out of scene. <laughs> I that was insane. <laughs> yes. How that happened. Just carried her around like a child. But that uh rocket She's going to fart like one. They're going to treat her <laughs> like one. <laughs> uh but about that uh there's the rocket lock uh, rocket, rocket locker. Rocket locker. <laughs> there's a rocket launcher at the end of the movie that has the four and so going back to the special effects guy uh he made the rocket launcher himself. 
they shot that sequence twice because the first time the the rocket accidentally shot out of the back of the launcher. <laughs> oh my! And almost hit the crew. My friend Jr. This is David saying this. My friend Jr. Uh, played the guy who fired it. He plays uh, Guido, and I remember him coming back from the set and telling me, "I almost killed the crew wow. with that rocket launcher." So yeah, the homemade rocket launcher that shot sparks and it did shoot some sort of projectile because they show it several times like actually firing. It's really cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course, it was a great special effect, and the explosions that would never be a practical effect today. Huge, no, and they were like really had huge explosions on the side of Mount Hood. Yeah, massive. Like there's no way they had a permit to do that. And (laughs) this wasn't the winter time. No, this is summer in Mount Hood, which means it's. All a big tinderbox. Yeah. And it's all there. rock. It's all rocks ready for avalanches. And yeah, it was, that was crazy. But do we, so have we gotten to the point, the final, has, we haven't got to the final, final. Has Jung made it up the mountain? <laughs> Jung yeah. is still running up the mountain and fights a guy. He fights a guy uh, with the sword. With the sword. Uh, well, yeah. he starts with the sword. He throws the sword into a tree, and then they commence a fist fight. Right. The, that guy had a gun, and it ran out of ammo. Yeah, or blah, blah, jam. blah, blah. A typical fight. Yeah. And Until the end. But this must be another part that was cut out of the German version, because at the beginning of the fight, Young throws his sword into a tree, and it sticks out, and then they have a fist fight. At the end of the fist fight, there's like not even a second where you see the bad guy getting punched and kind of turning around and falling. And then June walks, what is his name? Jen, June, 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 uh, walks away. And I think we're meant to believe, which is probably cut out that the bad guy, when he fell down, he fell down on the sword, which cut his head off. And so the bad guy gets his head cut off, which you see for like, not even a second as June walks away. Huh. And so I think that's because that. when he throws that sword into the tree, they like linger on it like it's meaningful, not like it's a, got knocked out or something like that. So I'm guessing that maybe that got cut out of the German version too, like the David Wather uh, death scene. But well, there's at least one more edit where he uses the sword to um, kill a man and he like splits his stomach open and his guts spill out. Yeah. That's in the five minute trailer, but it is but not in the German Not in VHS. our version. Curse you Germans. So we are at the, at so he, yeah, June is running up the mountain, kills the guy and then they get. So, so now all of our main characters are like at the top, at the top of, of the Mount Hood. And we have, um, uh, Jean, uh, who is holding a gun and Linda at this point. Yeah. And we have Tony up there and Tony, uh, no, no, we forgot this. We forgot the outcome of him firing the rocket launcher. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He Jr. Yeah, J Jr. Guido. Guido Guido was firing at you know trying to, in the midst of all these other fights, is trying yeah. to hit other people with a rocket launcher. He's trying he, to hit uh, Tony. Oh yeah, yeah, and he misfires and he misses Tony and hits the case the full of the money and blows money. up all of the money. Yeah, and at uh, this, this is a German version exclusive because it's in the audio. <laughs> um, Todd, if you could play at one twenty one twenty. One twenty one twenty. We get right. to hear Guido's reaction to blowing up the money. <laughs> and he sounds like, you know, in the old Looney Tunes when Daffy Duck goes crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just play one twenty one twenty. Okay, here we go. We're starting at one twenty one seventeen here, so oh. <laughs> 
That is, Am I right? That is Daffy Duck. That's, that's Mel Blanc. Oh my gosh, that is Mel Blanc doing a special, a special cameo in the German version of Fatal Revenge. Yeah, so he blows up the money and he reacts like that and runs away. Uh, whatever happens to him, his character. Ah, <laughs> Todd doesn't know. You don't know. Wait, do I? No, I just he doesn't. Know. He doesn't. Okay. What? So, so, We're so not, he missed out of this outcome. The money. So Linda gets free uh, out of this. Paul, you know, the money's gone. Uh, Palmer, uh, he he got shot in Get the shot foot, in the leg, in yeah, the leg. in the hand earlier, in the foot in the now, foot, yeah, right. And uh, and so the next scene that we get is down at the PDX airport. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dang, now, but you're right. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we get... To, oh, yeah, we have something to discuss before so we get before there. So before we get... To, yeah, so they're all at the top of of the mountain, and um, it's all like a face-off at this point, right? It's 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 the bad guy, and it's um, the two good guys, and the girlfriend, Yeah, right? so, so uh, at this point... Tony Palmer is on the ground. He's been shot. And why uh, does the bad guy shoot him in the leg? Because they all stand off, and it's that classic. I've got the gun and the girl movie style. You have movies. nothing, and he because shoots him. The guy that has stalked him up Mount Hood. Yeah, he shoots him in the thigh. It's the James Bond bad guy. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna explain my plan. And yeah, I couldn't. I mm-hmm. didn't know if there's an explanation that maybe we had missed in translation again. So it but. seems all hope is lost, and that's when June runs in to save the day. And uh, Gene at this point has a rocket launcher. Yes. He, yes. He, f- we see him fire the rocket launcher at Jung, who is running towards him. Yeah. And then what? So I, when I watched it last night, I rewound this part ten <clears throat> or fifteen times and broke it down. And this all takes place in a, like a second and a half. There are seven different shots. So we see. Um, we see John Turturro, the bad guy, which is what I was calling him last night, pick up the rocket launcher, and it cuts back to um, June running up and doing a flying kick at the camera. So right. June is in the air. Cut back to Turturro, who fires the launcher, like, and something comes out, so it's not just you know the beginning of the launch. Fires something, presumably at. June, June, who's flying towards him three feet away. And then we see an explosion. Not yet. Yeah. Well, we cut back to June jumping again. Like, he's not still in the air from the first time. He jumps again. Then it cuts back to Turturro. And there's a two-shot of of June jumping and kicking at John Turturro, who has the rocket launcher. Right. Which has already fired. And then fires again, like sparks up and fires again, but it and then explodes so, way off in the distance. This happens in a second and a half. Right, it happens so fast that I think we're meant to believe it's all one kick and all one shot. Okay, but does that mean June kicked the missile out of the air? That is how I took it, Mark. Because the fired before. Uh, <laughs> I, I Are you watching it? I'm I'm gonna get there. Uh, I was. So it is at. Uh, I don't know. One thirty forty three. Let's see what's there. Yeah. So he's How kicking. He, bad guy. Pick. Jump. Shoot. Jump. Kick. Shoot. Explosion. Okay. The end. <laughs> Back Those into the left. Seven. Back sh- into the left. <laughs> that seven shots happened in that half a second. 
and it's not clear what happens. Like, what happens to our bad guy after that? Because then it cuts to like. I think it could be another. It could be another German edit that something is not clear. Because it could also be like the guy exploded, but they were all standing around there. We see him later. Because it literally it cuts out. It explodes in the distance, and then the next scene is them showing up at the airport, like the denouement of it all. Okay, so. Part part of it's really bad editing <laughs> you think? is um, <clears throat> because there's two subsequent. Uh, uh, so the bad guy. Sh- this is like the JFK yeah. assassination footage. The, the bad guy shoots the bazooka. Yeah. Uh, and we see Jung uh, running at the bazooka. Yeah. And then doing a flying kick at the bazooka. Yeah. And then we see again him shooting it's the same John shot Dutra shooting it's they the just same shot they the reinserted the same shot and then, then they do we the touch of the explosion yeah we just well, they do a two shot of him in the air flying at john totoro at uh so there's a shooting him <laughs> the flying leap and then there's another shooting uh clip uh and they're all like seven frames long yeah uh, yeah and so there's there's not so much there's to work jump with fire there. jump and, kick fire two right. shot and then, Fire and then explosion. the explosion in the background. Yeah. So we don't know whatever happens to the bad guy. We don't know if he's dead. We don't know if he's taken into custody. Well, the fact Correct. that w- we don't see him later, I think uh, we're, we're led to believe that he died right there. Yeah. You think? Because, okay, yeah, because from right there, it cuts to like the wrap up of the movie, which is um, them being dropped off at the airport. Exactly. In a, in a very vintage uh, Portland. And June got hit. Yeah. Very and June vintage. got has his, that prostitute girlfriend. That he's he still, yeah. With. The serial sex. Uh, and they're bringing him, I guess he's flying back home to wherever he's yeah. China, I guess. And so um, Lorenzo Lamas and Playboy's Paul, Palmer and Linda, Palmer and Linda, um, Sandra Playboy, Sandra Greenberg. I can't call her anything else. Is that Playboy, Sandra Greenberg. Um, get back into the cab and they pan over to the driver of the cab who is Guido. Guido. Yes. That's it. So maybe the, maybe Gene is still alive and still trying to control things. And we'll find and out we'll in ne- the sequel. We'll find out yeah. in Fatal Revenge 2, Fatal-er. Do you think we can get it kick-started? <laughs> maybe we can uh, get uh, David Walker to, to uh, uh, helmet. all-cast reunion <laughs> for the sequel. Yeah. So I could, I mean... For as not as for as not as incompetent as the movie was, like I don't think it was fully an incompetent production. No, it wasn't fully competent either. No, 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 <laughs> not no, no. Are you crazy? No, but I'm saying it's like it's not that room level, and it's not like the birdemic right. level right. of. It's like, just enough competence to to be thoroughly watchable. Totally, totally. But that last scene was just so, like again, maybe we're missing something. Maybe he blew up and we couldn't see, but. It was done so badly, we don't even know what happened to the Todd main villain. Todd has lost sleep over this, I have folks. lost my mind. <laughs> Once I saw her being hauled around Fatal by the back of her pants like a naughty two-year-old <laughs> by the bad guy. Yeah. It did not disappoint, so I guess... It did. No, it is It is 100% worth uh, going to YouTube and perhaps typing in Fatal Revenge German 
and even just keeping it all in the back or watching the five minute. The five minute thing is pretty fun because it literally yes. walks you through and narrates the entire movie. Yeah, I would say the the five minute uh, trailer is a must watch for everyone. Yeah. And then if that intrigues you, you should uh, stick around for the uh, full length German version. Yeah, totally. Because yeah. I mean, like I said, it's a, like a perfect mystery science theater. That sort of ba- not even basic cable, like below basic cable, something you'd be you'd see yep. playing at like midnight. So more entertaining than basic cable. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, well, great. Um, do we want to uh, pick our movie for next time? Yeah. Yep. Let's go to the, we still need our spinner. Let's go to the Darth Vader helmet. Spinner. Uh Oh, here it comes. Now I'm, now I'm forgetting. <laughs> I I, I'll help you if you need help, Todd. I think so. Why don't you take a look at this one? <laughs> oh, that says uh, Total Reality. Total oh, Reality. That movie also happens to be directed by Philip Roth. Wow. The guy who made Fatal Revenge? Yeah, that's that the Philip one, Roth? Todd. That's crazy that we picked it out of that helmet like that. <laughs> I know. Completely. Uh, yeah, so this is uh, Total Reality, which is a another one of those great nonsense titles that seem so perfect for the movie like this so it it, it is the spiritual successor to fatal revenge to fatal revenge it is the I same we'll director see any play- the same players it is uh seven years later and it is a science fiction time travel film. oh nice filmed in portland yeah and you might i i you might be able to track down a vhs copy but it also may or may not be uh available if you look at the right uh internet sites so Total reality. So we'll be talking Total. a little bit more about that. We'll post some links to it. Totally. Um, but that does it for the fatal revenge. I, it feels strange to be done with it. Like it's oh, been with done. us. No, for I, don't think, I don't think we're done with this. <laughs> I think this, this will be, this will live with us forever. Yes. I'm not going to rest be. until you can walk to movie madness and pick up uh, fatal revenge, fatal revenge until we have our, yes, our complete cast recording, re-recording of fatal revenge. So, yeah, well, I guess we'll still be having more news because we're getting we're getting the translation and everything. Yes, but, we are. But that does it, right, at least for this episode uh, for Fatal Revenge of Portland at the Movies. I was one of your hosts, Todd Workoven. With me was Mark Middleton and Brian the Unipiper. Uh, you can hear us on the Fun Employment Radio Network, which is a fantastic network. Uh, they had the Sklarblood, uh, the Fun Employment Radio show had the Sklarblooders, the Sklar, I can't, that's a hard thing to say, the Sklar Brothers uh, on last week when they visited Portland here and they're always having... Uh, a lot of great guests that come in. You can also listen to Geek in the City Radio. Our friend Aaron Duran um, and Cable Hashitani do that show, and it's super like it's super dive into geek. Like it's it's not messing around, and it's a great show. They've been around for a long, long, long time. They're in the episode of their three hundreds, I think. They've been around since the early since podcasting was invented. Wow. So. Check all that out at uh, funemploymentradio.com. Uh, as for us, you can find out everything at facebook.com slash Portland at the movies and at Portland at the movies.com. But Brian, the Unipiper, if they want to find out more about you, what can they do? They should look me up uh, on unipiper.com and uh, come say hi at uh, my newly verified Facebook page. <gasps> That's right. We'll talk about that more. But uh, yeah, you got the blue check mark on the Unipiper page. It's- you are officially changed my life changed your life much like this movie fatal revenge uh mark if people want to hear more about you what can they do well they can always check out uh, mark and toddcast.com you're and, the mark of the mark and toddcast and you are the todd and i'm the todd uh, yeah and uh together we have a, a show about 
Science and Portland, uh, uh, and we record almost every week. Almost every week. Uh, yeah, so check that out. You can go to markandtodcast.com and find 83 past episodes, yep. something like that, at, at facebook.com slash markandtodcast. Uh, no episode this week um, because we're doing a Fatal Revenge, and we fatal wanted revenge. to devote it the time that it deserved. So... Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, just drop us a message. Uh, if you have a movie that you're hoping we cover and uh, is on our list, uh, just let us know. Uh, other than that, we will see you guys next time. And thank you for listening. <laughs>